Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Pastor Bob here, Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to be with you tonight. We are August 7th, 2022, coming to you live from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota, 
That's an AM radio station right here in Dickinson. You can be listening that way. You can be listening on KDIX website, or you can be listening on Holy Ghost Radio <coughs> Channel 2. Brought my guitar in the studio, but if I keep coughing like this, I don't know why I'm going to play it. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. We have church Sunday mornings at 10, Wednesdays at 7.30. Uh, we have other times special services. We have men's Bible study Friday morning at 6. I, I want to make a plug. We I do a basic Bible class at our church on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. So if you want to learn about the Bible, I want to invite you to come. You don't have to be Pentecostal. You can be Catholic, Jewish. I don't care what you are. Just if you want to learn about the what the New Testament uh, teaches and the Bible teaches, we would love to have you come. 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, 501 Elks Drive. I'm just getting ready to start from lesson one here, not this week, but next week. And it doesn't matter when you start, but we'd love to have you come. We had a great church service today, visitors there today, uh, again, and we just excited about what God's doing. People seem to be getting hungry for God. That's my my belief, and um, we're just seeing some good things happening. Of course, there's always people that walk away from God, too, but, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you know, um, you need to get in God's church and stay in it because we're living in some interesting times. Got a bunch of people texting me already. I haven't even given out my text number. How do you know how to do that? But if you want to be part of the program, you can text me, 701-290-7862. You can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. The first text award goes to Greg Johnson, who texted me long before the program started, 23 minutes ago or something like that. The uh, Good to have him listening, and he... We've got, let's see, who else is texting me here tonight? We've got Brother Griffith texting me. These are faithful listeners out in Great Falls, Yvonne and Marin down in Bowman. We've got Nathaniel listening. All right, Nathaniel, he's a good young man. He's listening from up in Park River, North Dakota. We've got Carl and his wife listening tonight from Michigan. These are friends of mine. Uh, Jody and her kids up in Harvey are listening. Ben Yoder is listening in. Out in Pennsylvania, I would imagine it. Tim, Tim is listening in North Carolina. Brother Lopez, I think he's down in Texas somewhere. Uh, we've got um, the Tarbells are tuning in in Bismarck. Good to have the Tarbell Stephen out in Pennsylvania. Good to hear from him. Sister Bretz is listening. Um, we've got, let's see, uh, is it, this is Becky listening tonight from, <laughs> I used to say east of Dickinson, but I think they're in Dickinson now. Brother Jones listening in Minneapolis. Brother Jones, I'm part of what I'm speaking about today is part of a conversation we had last night. So, so if you don't like this program, blame it on Brother Jones. The Lunas are listening tonight down in Breckenridge or Wapaton or wherever they're from. So we got people. I, I don't know. Wow, you know, I mean, the program's only been on a few minutes. I must. I don't know how many texts I've got here. No emails yet. But I'm glad you're listening. Thank you. I'm honored that you're listening. That's very nice. Of all the different things you could be doing, that you would listen to this gravelly-voiced preacher. Um, that's that's an honor to me. Thank you so much. Tonight, I'm going to talk on the radio about what I spoke about in our church. Hopefully, I have more time to expand it today. Uh, we had a great service. I felt like 
outside of when I tripped while I was preaching and fell on my face, that um, that was the only part, part that wasn't so good. I was trying to jump, climb up the steps really quick, and I my foot caught on the step, and boom, I fell down. And uh, it hit me so funny, I, I got so tickled that I didn't know if I'd be able to speak because I thought I'd be laughing the whole time. But anyway, it turned out where I could. And um, I want to turn your attention. My mom says I say and um a lot, so don't count. and Don't text me if I do because I'm pretty self-conscious of it. John 3.16, we're going to start there, and we're going to read six verses eventually, but we're going to go through them one at a time. John 3.16 and 3.17, for good reasons, are probably two of the most beloved passages in the Bible by everybody, including me. But I'm going to say also possibly some two of the most misunderstood verses at the same time. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 said, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There are no truer verses in all the Bible than these. Uh, these God loved us so much that he was willing to prepare a sacrifice on a cross to take our sins away, that we could go to heaven, that we wouldn't perish. Also, verse 17 said, God sent his son into the world. Uh, to, to, to He didn't send his son to condemn the world, but that through the world, through him, it, we might be saved. Everything Jesus has to offer us is good. Everything that Jesus um, promises us is better than what we already have. You know, there there is... Um, hope, there's joy, there's peace in serving Jesus. Uh, If you have a good life now, it'll be better if you come to Jesus. If you have a lousy life now, it'll become great if you come to Jesus. Um, He is uh, nobody, you know, it's not like if I come to Jesus, he's going to hurt me. He's here to help us. And that's what these verses say, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And that God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. He did not send his Son to condemn the world. But this is what my program is going to be about tonight, the misunderstanding of these verses. See, some people understand these verses to say that um, you can do whatever you want, and God's going to just look the other way. He doesn't care because he won't condemn you because he loves you, and he'll just accept you no matter what you do. Well, that's not true. It's not in the Bible. It really isn't. And these verses that seem to say this, the fallacy in that is you've got to keep reading. You see, this is <clears throat> this is the danger in picking a verse out of the blue and thinking that's what it means when the verse explains itself as it goes along. So I want to zero in on John 3.17 tonight, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his Son into the world to save the world. But notice verse 18. 
if you don't keep reading, you'll never understand verses 16 and 17 for what they really mean. Jesus, after saying that God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, he said, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so tonight, the premise of the Tell It Like It Is show is this. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn you. You were already condemned by sin. And Jesus came into the world to save you because you're already condemned. In church, I use this example. What if you had broken the law and were, and let's say you had murdered somebody and you were arrested? And if you stood before the judge and he passed, let's say, the death sentence on you, would it be the judge that's condemning you to death? Would it be the judge that's condemning you to prison? Or would it be your deeds which condemned you to prison or to death? See, being a judge is not being judgmental in this case. When the, when the judge tells you the consequences of your actions, he is not condemning you. He is informing you that you were condemned before he ever got involved with this. And why I'm doing this tonight and what I'm coming up against and why I'm, what I'm attacking tonight, I suppose I could say, is this context, con, this concept that people say, I feel so condemned when I go to a Pentecostal church. I, I feel condemned. I don't know. There's a lady named Jody listening to me at Harvey. I don't know if she remembers the discussion we had years ago when she wasn't doing good spiritually. And she told me things like that. She said, I feel so condemned when I go to church. Well, let me just tell you this. It's not the church that's condemning you. And it's not Jesus that condemns us. But it's our own sin that condemns us. You know, we can be condemned before we ever hear about Jesus. You can be condemned before you ever step through the doors of our church or ever have heard the gospel. Jesus is not condemning you. And the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson is not condemning you. And your parents are not condemning you. Condemnation is brought upon us through our own sin. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862, and I'm getting a lot of texts tonight. I'm going to read them right now. Preacher man, don't tell me no lies. That believe and you're saved, the judge which comes televised. That fable may make money for the fornicating jimmies. But the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. 
They told me I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only coochie-coop my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick that now I want to puke it. And I'm sorry, my friend, if that offends your hermeneutic. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to. I am Pastor Bob. Tell it like it is. Program and our program was named after that song. We've got. Alicia, Sierra, and Libby listening tonight. We've got Abe Simons, who used to be the um, engineer of this program, listening tonight. He told me, you mostly say and um when you're reading your texts. I told you not to tell me that. Now now I'll really be self-conscious. Anyway, um, we're talking about this concept that People accuse God's people or the Bible or God himself of making them feel condemned. And I propose to you tonight that it's your sin that condemns you. Jesus isn't condemning you. He said he he didn't come into the world to condemn you. He came into the world to save condemned people. Um, And our church is not condemning anybody. We are. And if you show up in our church, we don't care who you are. We're glad you're there. We're. We want to help you, you know. I mean, these verses in John chapter 3 were written to condemned people. And that's why there's hope there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn us. We were already condemned. We were born in sin and shapen in iniquity, David said in Psalm 51. You know, one of the, my favorite scriptures in the Bible, one of them, and I, I know I have a lot of them, but in Ezekiel, I'll see if I can say and not say and um here, Abe, when I read this. Ezekiel 18 and 20, the heading of these verses, there's five, six verses here that I, I might read. It says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. This is a biblical principle. Like, it's not necessarily this mean old God that is judging you, but it's you by your disobedience to God 
are condemning yourself through sin. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's your fault. It goes on to say in Ezekiel 18.20, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. So if your father did wrong, the children won't be punished for the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. In other words, it's whatever you want. If you want to serve God and please God, uh, that's who you'll be. If If you want to serve sin, that's what's going to be. But notice the heartbeat of God here in Ezekiel 18, verse 21. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. So you can you can be a bad person that turns around and God will forgive you. It said all his transgressions that he hath committed they shall not be mentioned unto him in his righteousness that he hath done. He shall live. You see, you're not condemned anymore when you turn around your life. But then it goes on to say, God says in verse 23, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? You see, see what God's saying here? He's saying that, you know, I don't want you to be condemned. I have no pleasure in somebody being lost. This is in the Old Testament. The Old Testament God is the same God as the New Testament God. And he said, I have no, have I any pleasure? And I just today, when I was preaching, these two words stuck out at me. Uh, they said, have I any pleasure at all? that the wicked should die. The Bible said that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, God goes on, Ezekiel in 18, verse 24, he said, but when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and commits an iniquity and doeth according to all the abomination that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed and in his sin that he hath sinned and them shall he die. And verse 25 says, Yet ye say the way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? People say, well, God's not fair. No, God's very fair. It's not him that condemns us. It's our own sin that condemns us. And that's why God is fair in judgment. There's sure a lot of excuses why people fail. But I believe it's free will. If you want to, you can serve God. If you don't want to, nobody can make you serve God. If you, if you want this, my pastor used to say there's not enough devils in hell to stop you from going to heaven. If you want to go, there's nothing that can stop you. And that sounds like, that sounds pretty fair to me. 
Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn you. Pastor Bob did not come on this radio show tonight to condemn you. But if you're condemned because of your own sin, you are condemned already. It wasn't me that did it. If you are a righteous person, Pastor Bob cannot condemn you. It's your own unrighteousness that condemns you if you're unrighteous. What if you were condemned to a terrible fate and you didn't even know it? Would you want to know it? Would you feel condemned or would you get angry if the, a person told you that you are condemned to a to a um, upcoming judgment? Would you be grateful to a person if they told you there was a way to escape this condemnation that you're under? I asked our church today, who are, you know, who are your best friends? Your best friends are not the ones you smoke pot with. Your best friends are not your drinking buddies. Your best friends are not those that that will not tell you that you're wrong. Your best friends are the ones that will tell you how to avoid the condemnation of your sin. I should try singing a song here. Let me try this. I'm, let's see. Let's try this here. Here's one I wrote a long time ago. And uh, I, I like it. I mean, I don't tell me if you like it. If you don't like it, just tell me. Maybe I'll, I'll quit singing, but I, I like this song. It's got just a two-letter word as the title, and the and the word is so. See, the Bible in John three sixteen doesn't say for God loved the world, and He gave His only begotten Son, but it says for God so loved the world. And I built a whole song on just that little word, because He didn't just love the world, but He so loved you and me. It's a funny thing What a little word can mean It's a funny thing What a little word can mean When God wrote his book Such great care he took Not to miss any little word I can show you what I mean In John 3.16 There's a little word that means so much to me The word is so God so God so his love show a love that he had for you and me 
You see, God had a plan to come in the form of a man to die so we could be free. Well, he suffered and he died on a cross, crucified. He gave his life on Calvary. He loved me so. He loves you so. God so. God so loved. God so that he gave God so loved the world that he gave God so That he gave God so loved the world That he gave It's a funny thing What a little word can mean For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he did. He came into the world to save sinners. He didn't make you a sinner. You were a sinner. And so if you're a sinner and you feel condemned by Pastor Bob, just remember this. Uh, Maybe the only thing I could do to you would be to help you to understand that you are a sinner. And then I would be one of your best friends. Oh, Pastor Bob, tell it like it is show. We're just going through a little Bible study tonight, John 3.16 through John 3.21. Jesus explains it even more. In John 3.19, he said, and this is the condemnation. So Jesus cuts through all the smoke and said, so I didn't come to condemn you. He said, but if you don't believe in me, you're going to be condemned already, or you already are condemned. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The condemnation is not by those who show you the light. The light itself is not the condemnation. The condemnation is that you would rather walk in darkness. Darkness is about hiding things. That's what what it's about. Darkness is about hiding things. If you're trying to chaperone a bunch of teenagers, it's pretty tough if they're in the dark. Darkness is about hiding things. My dad told me a story back from when his drinking days my dad has passed away now and he had, he had conquered alcoholism and, but um, 
this in this story, my dad said he was he had gone back to drinking. Uh, a couple of the AA guys, his little AA group, didn't know about it, and he was in bed sick. And they came up to visit him. My dad said, and they came into his bedroom, <coughs> and they were talking to my dad. And my dad was hiding a bottle of whiskey or hard liquor under the covers while they were talking to him. And he was thinking, boy, I'm sure fooling them. But you see, my dad was fooling himself. Those two men weren't there to condemn my dad. But what my dad was doing was condemning him already. You're going to get sick of that tonight, but I'm going to keep saying it. Verse 20, Jesus said, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Jesus said that people that who do not want to do right or people who do not know want to know what is right, they hate the light. They won't come to the light. They hate the light because they want to do wrong and they want to stay in darkness. You know, they they actually begin to believe the backward idea that the light somehow is is condemning them or the light is hurting them. Oh, Pastor Bob, I I just don't want to go to a Pentecostal church because I feel so condemned because I'm not doing what's right and I just feel so condemned. That condemnation, folks, doesn't come from Pastor Bob. And it doesn't come from the people in our church. And it doesn't even come from Jesus himself, because Jesus said he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world to save condemned people. And I'm going to say it until you figure it out. It's your own sin that condemns you. It's It's not Pastor Bob that condemns you. You see, churches that preach and teach righteousness and holiness are accused of making people feel condemned. But churches that preach righteousness and holiness are churches that just shine the light out in this world. And that light, when it hits dark places, it makes the dark place either want to to uh, be part of the light or the dark place begins to run and hide. You know, I, I'm going to say it in many different ways tonight and try to say it in enough ways to get to where you can figure it out, but the reason people feel condemned when they associate with God's people or hear the truth is that they have chosen to walk in disobedience to God and they don't want to know what God thinks. 1 Peter 4 and 4 in the Living Translation said, Of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. We had a man in our church today that stood up and testified, testify, and his name was Brother Les. And Brother Les, you know, in his testimony, it went hand in glove with my preaching uh, in church today and, and on my radio show, but he basically said that that he tried the world. He didn't like it. 
He didn't want it. He wa- he brought his life into the light of the gospel so that he didn't have to walk in darkness anymore. The church, God's church, is not about making you feel guilty. You're already feeling guilty. The church is about how guilty people can come clean. You know, um, let me sing this song. I said, you know, um, again. Abe, are you listening? Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show. Let's see who. Hey, I've got some people, the uh, Matherns, say they're listening, and they love and appreciate me. That makes me feel so good. You know what? I love you guys, too. These are just... I um sometimes you wonder when your church gets bigger if you could possibly love everybody in the church, but I sure do. I and I love you know one of the greatest benefits of having a prayer list for me is that I can I, I think about the people. I everybody that comes to our church faithfully, I try to pray for every day, and it just helps me to think about them and their children. Uh, let's see who else is is listening here. I, I think I mentioned everybody. Um, great brother Johnson says the. Um, the light isn't there to hurt anyone. Hard to get through the woods in the dark. Absolutely. The the light is here to guide our way. You, you'll get hurt in the dark. You'll fall in a hole in the dark. Let's see here. Let me sing this song. This, I like this song here. Let's try it. Mm. You know, the, this second verse in this song, re, I really like it. Uh, see if you like it, too. I'll try to sing it clearly to where you can... Um, where you can understand it. Live radio and guitars and singers. What if you forget how the song goes? What if you forget the lyrics? Tears dripped off of her crimson face as she covered her head trying to hide her shame. Caught and condemned, now she can't get away Just the pawn in the hand of a Pharisee game The noise and the rage of the frenzied grew As they struggled for the power in an ageless feud And as she softly cried, they again reviewed The obvious fate of this ill repute Then a voice of love ended all debate Words of hope sent the crowds away Hand that flung the stars in space Lifted her face as she heard him say Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace Doesn't care about your past, your many mistakes Cover your sins in a warm embrace Let me introduce you to a friend A friend called Grace The courtroom grew quiet and still as the white-robed judge called truth appeared. And the ring of the gavel brought a fierce debate as the players of eternity decided my fate. In the light of truth all could clearly see the facts made the trial mere formality. And my accuser stood with bated breath Confident conviction would end in death. But from the blood-stained cross to the witness stand Walked a man with a hope in his nail-scarred hands Words he spoke brought me sweet release 
Whispered, I have a friend that you need to meet. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace. Doesn't care about your past, your many mistakes. Cover your sins in a warm embrace. Let me introduce you to a friend, a friend called Grace. If you're tired of the guilt and the sleepless nights, running from the shame of a wasted life, someone awaiting with an open hand, ready there to give you a second chance. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace. Doesn't care about your past or your many mistakes. Cover your sins in a warm embrace. Let me introduce you to a friend, a friend called Grace. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace. The whole reason that the Tell It Like It Is show is on the air. Really, the whole reason is to introduce you to this friend called Grace. Pastor Bob here. Uh, well, we've got about 20 minutes left in the program. Uh, we've got, you know what? I, I don't know if I'll sing that song, Brother Luna, or not. I don't know for sure. I, I want to sing a different song at the end of the program, but never know what you run into in the dark. And um, we've got Brother Phil told me he loves me. I love you too, Brother Phil. You know, I, there's just a, a lot of people that um, God has blessed me with their friendship, and I'm just so thankful for that. You know, I, I love the message of mercy. You see, the Bible said that, the, the Scripture says in Romans 6, that, that the wages of sin is death. In other words, it's not, it's your sin that causes you to be condemned and lost. Just as the story I talked about at the beginning if you committed a crime, say the crime of murder, it's not the rest of us that are condemning you. It's what you did that's condemning you. And see, that's why when Jesus, when the woman that was caught in the act of adultery in John chapter, in the, in the Gospel of John, <coughs> Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin. I don't accuse you either. He said, go and sin no more. You see, her accuser was her own sin. You know, this, I I, want to make this just as plain as I possibly can. But if you go to a Pentecostal church and feel like they're making you feel guilty or they are condemning you, that is not true. It's your own actions that are condemning you. When you're walking in the dark, the light is going to make you feel uncomfortable because if you want to be in the dark, uh, light is going to make it impossible for you to be in the dark. It is so interesting. I, you know, I some, so sometimes, sometimes it seems hard to me that, uh, you know, that you are, you are, um, it's somebody's trying to call me right during my radio show. It seems very hard to me that people are saying things like, I feel so condemned at your church, Pastor Bob. I'm like, you don't understand what's going on. You know, you, you don't get it. It's not us that's condemning you. 
Now, in, in John three sixteen through 21, the 21st verse says this, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. In other words, when you come into the light, you want to be clean. You want your deeds to be clean. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Well, I'm going to take just a little break here, play maybe part of a song. Oh, yeah, I like this song. This is an old Lance Apple song. Lance Apple, see if you like it. When the king reigns, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the king reigns, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. Sounding of his voice. So let him rain, rain, rain. Let him rain down in your heart. Let him rain, rain, rain in your heart. In your heart. When the sun shines, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the sun shines, his people rejoice, all his people rejoice. When the sun is shining in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of his voice. So let him shine, shine, shine. Let him shine down in your heart.
the sun is shining in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of his voice. Jesus rain, let him shine. <laughs> let him shine. <laughs> I can sing that, actually. Pastor Bob, the Telekis radio show. Uh, wow, you know what? I, I didn't do something I should have done. Oh, well. I'll have to do it later. Thank you for all the texting tonight. We've got a few minutes left, maybe 15. It was a simple topic tonight. John chapter 3. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn you. He came into the into the world to save people that were already condemned, people that didn't believe in him. He said that you're already condemned if you don't believe in me. And so we have got an opportunity to not be condemned but to be saved. And I want to say it again, who are your friends? Who are your best friends? friends. Years ago, a man that I knew named Gene, he had a wife named Jeannie. That's kind of neat. Well, Jeannie was going to our church in Bismarck, and Gene was not, and Gene didn't want Jeannie to go, and Gene was a drinker, and Gene wasn't very nice to Jeannie. And it got so bad that Gene and Jeannie split up. And their pastor, my pastor, told Jeannie, he said, he said to her, you, you can't divorce him, but you don't have to live with that either. And so they were split up. Well, one night, I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday night, I get a phone call late, maybe 1 in the morning, maybe 12.30 in the morning. And it was Gene. And I'm, I'm not happy. He's calling me late. And Gene says to me, he said, um, I, he said, uh, uh, Bob, I'm down at the bar. I said, Gene, are you drunk? He goes, no, I'm not drunk. I've had a couple drinks, but I'm not drunk. And he told me, he said, while he was sitting at the bar, it was like he had a vision or something like that. He said, I was sitting at the bar and all, and it seemed like it was like I was in a movie and I could kind of see myself sitting at this bar. And he, he said, I heard a voice saying, Gene, these people at this bar are not your friends, but it's the people that go to your wife's church that are your friends. And I said, Gene, are, are you drunk? And he got really mad. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not drunk. He said, I would like if you could meet me at the church and pray with me. Now, this was pretty late or early in the morning. So I called some people, and we went over there. Gene went over there. His wife, Jeannie, came over there, and she was kind of in the back with her arms folded. I don't think she believed, really, that he was wanting to change. And while he was up there, he was really crying and praying, really crying and praying. 
And it was all to do with the fact that the Lord showed him that these people at the bar are not your friends, but it's the people that go to the church, the ones that you thought were trying to condemn you. Do you know from that moment on, Gene never took another drink. Their marriage got back together, and when Gene died, he was filled, he was full of the Holy Ghost. Who are your friends? See, the ones that you say are condemning you, they're the ones that are pulling for you. <coughs> you know, this, this, you know, I don't care. I've said it before. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. I've said it a lot. I've said it a lot over the years on the program. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been doing. We want you to come to our church. 501 Elks Drive. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. You say, well, Pastor Bob, you don't understand. I, I've been living the homosexual lifestyle, and I've heard you say that that's a sin. Come to our church. I'm not going to condemn you. You're already condemned. You already know it's wrong. In fact, many times people that are trying to prove to everybody else that it's right, they know that it's wrong. They know they, they know it's, it, the Bible talks about it. I don't have to condemn you. I'll be your friend. I'll help you through it. You know, this, this, um, this topic tonight is really something I'm enjoying talking about. You know, Jesus, uh, he he knew who he was trying to help. The Bible said, you shall call his name Jesus in Matthew one twenty one. For he will judge his people because of their sins. That's not what it says. It says he will save his people from their sins. Your sins already are judging you. Sin causes death. I, I quoted it earlier in Romans chapter 6, 22. It says, we're, now we're made free from sin and become servants to God. You have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I've been made free from sin. See, some people think that they feel condemned because they want to keep sinning. And so they feel condemned by people that are walking in the light. I'm telling you, when you get the, on the right side of sin, you'll feel free from sin. It'll be like, I don't have to sin anymore. Then I'll be condemned by the people that want me to keep sinning. <laughs> you see, I, you know, like, like, uh, it's, it's interesting to me that, that people, they'll condemn me because I don't, you know, I, I can remember being at weddings, you know, like just good old German weddings. And after God delivered me from drinking, I'd be sitting there not drinking, going to the wedding. And some people, it happened just a couple times that people would come up to me and say, why aren't you drinking? I said, because I don't want to drink. And they say, well, there's nothing wrong with drinking. I drink. There's nothing wrong with drinking. Are you saying there's something wrong with me drinking? 
what was happening there. Well, they were trying to condemn me for not drinking. And they thought I was condemning them for drinking. I didn't come to the wedding to condemn anybody. But I came to the wedding possibly to help somebody. The Pentecostal movement and the Pentecostal churches that I've been involved with these last 44 years. I just turned 64 on Friday. Happy birthday to me. 64 years old. I was 20 when I started going to the Pentecostal churches. I have found the most loving people. The most, uh, you know, they don't care if you come in full of tattoos and they don't care. We don't care. I mean, you better wear some clothes to church, you know. I mean, yeah, we, you know, we want you to be decent. I mean, if you're drunk and you get out of line, we might have to, you know, try to hold you in the back or something. But, but I, you know, when you walk into a Pentecostal church full of sin, you're the celebrity there. We we are glad you're there. We're we're like that. That's what makes our world go wrong. That's. You know, we love it. You know, this, this, uh, you know, I better, I better get to some stuff here. I got some stuff to do, but if you want us to come and, and visit our church, here's some different ways you can do it. We have some, uh, sister churches that are all around us. We have a church in Beach that has Tuesday night, 730, Sunday morning services. Uh, we have a church in Bowman that has Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. We've got a church in Beulah that has Wednesday night, Sunday morning services. Our Dickinson Church, 501 Elks Drive, <coughs> has Sunday morning and Wednesday night services. So our next service will be Sunday night at 7.30. We have churches um, all over this part of North Dakota, Minot, uh, Mandan, Bismarck, Newtown, Williston, uh, you know, we have, we want you to come and see. We want, these are people that are there not to condemn you, but they're there to help you to be saved. You know, I, I ended, I ended this, um, I ended our service in Dickinson with this song. It's a song I wrote many years ago. Um, and in this song, it's one of my, it's it's taken in one of my favorite uh, passages, Mark chapter five. Here again, I go. I say my favorite passages. Well, I do like Mark chapter five. There was a man there in Mark chapter five who was possessed with thousands of devils. Uh, the dev, the main demon spoke out of him when Jesus asked his name, and he said, "My name is Legion," which means a thousand. And uh, and and this man, uh, Jesus traveled across the sea just to cast the demon out of this man. But I want you to notice when Jesus showed up there, he didn't say something like, hey, you loser. Hey, you crazy naked man. The man was naked, uh, scream all the time, you know, out of his mind. You know, Jesus didn't say, hey, you crazy naked kook, you loser, get away from me. See, Jesus didn't go go over there to tell the guy he was crazy. He was He was crazy. Jesus didn't make him crazy. The guy allowed himself to become crazy. Jesus went over there to cast those demons out of him. And he did that. 
And the Bible said when the town folk came out later, they saw this man sitting on the ground at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And here's this little song I wrote years ago about that story, and it's about my story. I had been dying among these old tombs, lonely, naked, and confused. My life was hopeless, nothing left for me. Only to wait in misery If you had known me You would not believe That there was any hope for me My name was Legion No one could help me For the chains in my mind there was no key The day that I saw him walking down my shore I could not believe he came for me I ran to his feet, began to worship him The next thing I knew I was free, I was free from the fear that had surrounded me, I had been blind, but now I see, the chains of my sin that had imprisoned me, now lay broken at his feet. They're no longer part of me They lay broken at his feet I'm not the man I used to be Feels so good to be free Good to be free Free from the chains of my misery My sins all ran and were choked in the sea Now look at me, I'm sitting free at his feet Feels so good to be free, good to be free Amazed that he searched and came and found me Yesterday I was lost and empty But now look at me, I'm sitting free Look at me, I'm clothed and free Look at me, I'm sane and free Sitting at his feet. Lord Jesus, pray tonight that you'll help our listening audience. God, Lord, we are doing a program here tonight to condemn people. But you came not to rub their nose in their condemnation. 
to give them the opportunity to escape that combination. We just pray that you'll help our listening audience tonight. God, help them understand what I had to say. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Pastor Bob here, Tell It Like It Is Show. Glad that you were listening. Uh, Tune in next Sunday night, 806 Mountain Time. There's going to be another Simons doing the program. His name is Ben Simons. God bless. Tiny planet moving round the sun each day makes the evening sky into a shrine. You've known it from the start, cause it's written in your heart. This clock is running by divine design. What keeps the seasons changing as the winter turns to spring? Who made the plan to bring this rock to life? You don't need a school, cause from Einstein to fool, you know that it is by divine design. Tell me you believe it's fate and not a master plan. Tell me I'm a
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.